Hello, you dirty, filthy whore bags. Welcome back. Welcome, motherfucking back, to another episode of Queen's Table with your girl, Queen S. I hope y'all weekend was fulfilled with just positive energies, great vibes, and all that other good stuff. I know my weekend was amazing. I just got back into the sway of things and being that bitch that I am. So this weekend was very, very busy, very, very hectic. I did not really sleep much, but I would not change it for the world because it's only up from here. So hopefully you all had an amazing weekend yourself. So we are just going to jump right in to Queen's Table Tea Time Weekend Recap, okay? So with today's episode, we're just going to go through um, a list of things that caught my eye over the weekend, and we're just going to talk our shit like normal, all right? Next on Tea Time with Queen Sandra. I feel like I need a move. I feel like I need like, like um, a theme song or something. Maybe I'll create my own theme song. Who knows? But we're just gonna jump right into it. We're gonna start with social media reacting to YG telling his daughter to smell weed. So over the weekend, YG posted a video of him in his home with his little baby girl, and he still he showed her where his stash was, and he had her smell the weed, and he was like, "Does it smell like weed?" And, of course, Black Twitter went crazy, honey. They went crazy. They were trying to come for YG. Of course, YG don't give a fuck regardless because ain't nobody going to check YG but YG himself. So, you know how that goes. But I just feel like when it comes down to it, you know, weed is a part of our culture. Like, weed is a part of his culture. Weed is a part of what he does. So I personally don't see anything wrong with, you know, having his daughter smell it necessarily. I don't, well, not not really smelling because I feel like smelling is just doing too much. But as far as like showing his daughter that this is weed, I wouldn't necessarily have shown her the entire stash or anything of that sort, but I would have definitely, you know, kind of inform her as to what this is. Because I'm pretty sure she sees her dad smoking all the time and curiosity kills a cat so he probably thought to himself you know before I catch you just trying to eat this or whatever the case is let me just educate you but you know that's the problem with putting things on social media that it can get misconstrued in many different ways and although that's not intentionally what you wanted to do or how you wanted people to react that's how people gonna react because people love talking shit hence (laughs) why I'm here (laughs) hence why y'all are here so that's that's what I have to say to that. But I just I just feel like, you know, with today's society and just how weed is just a part of our culture, I don't think the issue was more so him telling his daughter about weed or him showing his daughter where his stash was. I think it's more so about having his daughter smell it. It's like, why the fuck would you want your daughter to smell weed? You know, do, were you trying to get her high with you? Like, you know, I don't know. That's my take. Okay. Maybe that's it. Next. So Instagram is to start hiding your likes starting this week. Okay. So Instagram CEO came out and stated that he wanted to make it inclusive so that people won't feel the need to try to focus so more on the likes itself and just more so about the engagement. You know, um, Nicki Minaj 
on her Queen's Radio on Friday or Saturday when she uploaded it. Um, she basically hinted about this as well and stated that at the end of the day, this is all about money and, you know, why pay, um, why pay for ads, you know, if you have somebody who has a whole bunch of followings, who have a whole bunch of likes, and they can actually just go through them directly. So... I agree with Nikki. This is definitely a money move. This is definitely more so like how can I be the golden pot instead of having individual people be the golden pot? Because if you think about it, Instagram used to pay people based off of likes, based off of engagements, based off of comments, based off of followers. That's how some of your social media influencers kind of gotten their break by being promoters by um, advertising brands, you know, um, paying people or people paying them to advertise their business and that sort of thing just based off of their likes and who they know. So it makes sense for Instagram to kind of cut that chopping block and kind of make it so, you know, y'all can't do business off of my face. You know, the cut is going to come directly to me. Like I gave y'all enough time to do what y'all had to do with y'all free publicity, but you know, if you think about it, with Instagram removing the lights and stuff like that, it, it it was it was bound to happen. You know what I'm saying? After a while, once there's a lot of people overpopulating and doing the same thing, then um, it's people take notice, and then people are like, okay, well, I see this is how a whole bunch of people are doing things, so let me come through and fuck shit up. And that's what Instagram did. They fucked it up. I hate being on Instagram, but I'm on Instagram because. It's Instagram, but my home is Twitter. My home, my whole heart is Twitter. But even with the algorithm on Instagram, it's way off. You know, my feed is way off. It's not even in chronological order. It's not even in order half of the time. Half of the time I'm looking at posts that were posted like three, four days ago. Like, why is this still on my feed? Like, why am I still looking at this, you know? So I feel like, ultimately speaking, Instagram is a business. So, you know, yes, it sucks for uh, people who market themselves based off of their likes and their their following. But at the same time, it kind of forces you to kind of take that that extra initiative and figure out ways that you can overcome it. You know, Instagram is a business. Instagram don't owe nobody nothing because at the end of the day, Instagram was the one that was cutting people checks, not the other way around. So we'll see how this works. I know there's a lot of people that are not going to like that because that's going to stop their money. But there's only so much that you could do that you can't really do. You feel me? It'd be that's it. You feel me? So next on Tea Time Weekend Recap. On Queen's Table with Queen Sandra. Alright. So. ASAP Rocky is to perform back in Sweden. Months after his assault conviction. So if you guys didn't know. A few months ago. ASAP Rocky got into an altercation. um, With um, some Sweden residents. And he was sentenced to prison. He was in jail. He was in solitary confinement. You know. He wasn't able to talk to nobody he was in prison you know they were really trying to try him and convict him for basically defending himself and 
Um, eventually he was able to get his case dismissed and everything was all shits and giggles and he came back to the United States, whatever, whatever, whatever. But now he's trying to head back over there to do a performance. So I love ASAP Rocky, okay? He's a fine chocolate man. He is, but he's not our Kenny. Like I've just gotten to a place where I just realized there's a lot of people in the um, celebrity world that are not our kin. Like, they don't care to care unless the situation is now on them or unless they have no way out. And that was kind of ASAP's situation. Because if you do recall, when everything was going on with the whole Black Lives Matter situation, you know, he did come out in an interview stating that that has nothing to do with him. You know, his life matters or whatever the case is. And so when the shoes were on the other foot with the whole Sweden situation, people were just like laughing about it. They were like, you know, you were the one that was saying that this has nothing to do with me. And it's crazy how now you're in this situation or whatever, whatever, whatever. And then when he finally came back, there was people that was like, you know, your kin's helped you like your people helped you to get back whatever the case is let's see you know if he's gonna have a shift in direction if he's gonna have a shift in attitude is is he gonna you know have more respect for us as a whole as a community and no ASAP went about his business ASAP was still doing ASAP ASAP was still around a whole bunch of white skinny models ASAP was still doing the fuck him you know so it's like he is just another prime example of, you know, just because someone's black does not mean that they're for black, you know, not necessarily saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with you dating outside of your race or you hanging around people that's not like you or that does not look like you. It's just more so like your overall habits, like your overall drive, like what drives you, what motivates you. And from there are those, are those reasoning you know are those reasoning beneficial to you and yours at the end of the day because should be told you know everyone has an obligation to themselves but everyone has a responsibility to those around them too so it's like you know we have to stop assuming that just because someone's black that they're for black situations that they're for black issues that they're for black problems and finding solutions to those black problems you know so to each his own I hope nothing happens to ASAP when he does go back to this weeding performance but one thing that I know about the way that God works he's gonna tell you that this stove is hot only for so long until you're gonna get burned to the point that you're gonna have to listen that's all I'm gonna say I'm not gonna say nothing else I'm gonna just leave it at that you feel me we're just gonna we're just going to go from there. So, next. So, over the weekend I was on Twitter and there was this thread that was going on where um, there was a lot of people who were offended by this comment from this um, black girl. So, she recently just posted a picture of her up-and-coming beauty supply store that is going to be black-owned. And she was like, hey, you know, I cannot wait until this is finally coming into fruition so that you guys can start buying black and that you guys can stop giving these Asians your money. And Asian Twitter went in uproar. You know, they were commenting. They were saying, you know, how, how would you like it if somebody said, you know, stop 
you know, buying this or whatever the case is, stop being like this because of white people, stop being like that because of black people. It's crazy how you guys are so, so hip um, to uh, burdens within your culture, but you guys are so quick to throw them. You know, people were just going in and, you know, and there was selective few people that were really trying to act like they didn't know what she was trying to say. Because truth be told, there has been several times that I've gotten, gotten, you know, followed when I was in a beauty supply store by the owners, you know, that I was, I was walking in between the, the, um, aisles, they were following me, you know, there has been videos of, of people throwing stuff at, at, you know, black customers, there's people of people being dragged, there's videos of people being spat on, there's people, uh, there's videos of people being in a chokehold, you know, there's so many different examples. And it's like every single time when it comes down to it, and the truth is in people's faces, they try to ignore that the truth is there, you know, and I feel like, as a whole, people don't want to take their L's, like people don't want to take their L's for what it is, like, just because you take an L does not mean that you're a part of the problem. You're trying to be a part of the solution to the problem, you know? And, you know, when I was reading these comments, they were like, you know, um, how disrespectful are you? You know, my mother would never, my father would never, da 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 But it's like, just because you don't, don't mean that as a culture, your culture does not, too. As a culture, I know that there's colorism, in the Asian community, just from my own experiences by being friends with um, Asian Americans and stuff like that, I know there's colorism based off of just complete and common knowledge of history when it comes to the Asian community. So it's like, we all know the underlining issue is when it's black, it it ain't what it's supposed to be. You know, and there's this, there's this fear that is placed amongst us in our community that black people are just these terrible people, that black people are just thieves, that black people are this, black people are that. And it's like there's nobody outside of the black people that are fighting for the black people just as much as the black people. Yeah. You know, it's like a damn if you do, damn if you don't, because there was two friends um, a few years ago, uh, they opened up their beauty supply store and they had to shut down, not because they didn't have business, but they had to shut down because the vendors in China would not sell them any product. They would not sell them any product for them to keep their business afloat because they don't want them a part of that demographic. And I don't understand why it's a problem when people want to say buy black or why people say, you know, I'm I'm just black. Like why is it so why is it such a bad thing when people want to support theirs? You know, when black people want to support theirs, not even about people supporting theirs. You know, when I go to a Chinese restaurant who are their employees? Who are their employers? When I go to a Mexican restaurant, who are their employees? Who are their employers? When I go to, um, uh, I don't know, you know, like just any form of example when it comes to races and ethnicities and 
them standing up for their culture, standing up for theirs, they like to keep theirs within. They don't like sharing. They don't like letting outsiders into what's theirs. You know, the owner of AliExpress, if I don't, I don't know if you guys know this, but the owner of AliExpress, you know, was asked, you know, why is it that, um, you know, as a culture, you don't hire anybody who isn't from your kin, and he stated, he was like, why would I give it to someone else that's not mine than to give it to mine too, you know? And it's like when it comes to black people wanting to buy black or when black people want to speak about black excellence, that the world just crumbles. Like we're not allowed to have that same honor and respect for ours that other culture has, you know? I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of fucked up and backward shit going on. That people just don't want to take ownership to. That people just want to be oblivious to. Like, we all know what it is. At the end of the day. We all know what the fuck it is. Okay? So you can try to act like you don't know what it is. We all know what it is. Because at the end of the day, there's this big ass fear around being black. And it's never going to go away. Because it's rooted from fucking nothing. Like, if if you ask someone, why don't you like black people? It's literally rooted from nothing. They can't really pinpoint or tell you why because it's off of other people's experiences or just through word of mouth, you know? So hopefully, I wish, I wish that girl well with her business. And those two other girls, I hope, you know, they just keep pushing and they don't let that discourage them because... This world is just disgusting. That's all I'm going to say. This world is just disgusting. Okay? Next! So, Trina goes off on a customer at Wally World for calling her a nigger bitch. First and foremost, thank you, Trina, for going off. Second of all, y'all are just getting real comfortable. Okay? So this story actually happened um, yesterday and long story short, Trina was at a Wally World and she was in line and I guess she bumped this lady by accident and um, the lady said, you just bumped me, you nigger bitch and Trina went the fuck off. She went the fuck off. She was like, say it again, say it again. Say it again. And people was backing her up. Like, people was holding her back. And all this other stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, I'm waiting. Y'all don't understand, okay? A bitch is waiting. I'm waiting for the day. Honey. Sweetie. <laughs> Pizza. I'm waiting for the day. Pizza. For someone to try me. Please. Please try me. Please. Because what? Hey, I'm waiting. Like, I'm waiting for somebody to try me on some fuck shit. Like, I'm waiting. Like, people nowadays are getting way too comfortable being disrespectful because they think that everybody is is, is just going to fold. No, baby, I'm not. If I'm going to fold anything, I'm going to fold you. Okay? That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do today. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I be just looking, just waiting. Like, I'll read about these stories about, you know, there was one story that I read where it was like the school teacher painted a pretend bu- a bullet wound 
on her son's forehead for, for, for their play and drama class. And all the mom did was took a picture and took it to the principal office. Nah, baby. Nah, babe. Your energy is too weak for me. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No ham, no turkey. The fuck you mean? You painting a bullet wound on my child's head and want to wanna, wanna give an apology. No, you knew what you was doing. Don't apologize now. Baby, meet me outside. I don't have nothing else to talk to you about. Meet me outside. We ain't got nothing else to talk about. Meet me outside. But listen, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the day because the way that people are going about people are just too comfortable being reckless with their mouth. They're too comfortable just trying you. And I don't get it. And I don't want to get it. I just want to be a part of that situation. I want to be a part of that situation. So I could tell y'all and show y'all, no, baby, I'm not them. I'm not them, bitch. I will smack the fuck out of you. I'm not them. Who? Who's going I'm not, I don't need, I don't need to write nobody, no essay about nothing. You gonna come to me, you gonna be in my personal space? Watch. I could see it happening now, you feel me? Me, you know, in line somewhere or something, you know, here, you know, the insults being thrown. You nigger. You nigger. Excuse me? What'd you just call me? You heard me. No, I didn't. What did you just call me? You nigger. Uh, you did not just call me that. I sure did. And just, you know, played a victim. Oh my gosh. Do you know where that word is eroded from? Do you know what every... Just reel your ass in. Make you think that you heard a nigga. Just so that you could touch me. Because you, know, you know that's what they do. Racist people, when they know that they got under your skin, that's when, that's when you know, all bark comes out. That's when they put their chest up. That's when they get powerful. That's when they start shoving you around. If you look at, if you look at videos, okay, if you look at videos, racist videos, well, videos of people being racist, and you see one, indi- one individual person, you'll see them go hard. And then they won't go their hardest until they know that the people behind them are going hard for them too. So then all of them might start buffing up their chest like, even though all of them pussy, all of them pussy fuck. But all it takes is just for them to feel like they have a co-signer and the rest is history. So I'm going to make you feel like I'm a weak bitch. I'm going to make you feel like you're getting under my skin. I'm going to make you feel like you're pushing me and you're making me feel bad about myself so that you could touch me. So when you touch me, baby, it's self-defense. So all of that prissy shit goes out the way. Bitch, ho. That's all you're going to hear. That's all you're going to hear, baby. I'm up. What? Please. Please. Carisha, police. That's all I'm waiting on. Give me. Give me my moment. Give me my moment. Because guess what? I'm going to put your ass right where you need to be right back right back in line like excuse me you thought you was excluded get back in line please act like you know who you in the presence of thanks listen listen okay that's all i gotta say that's all i gotta say that's all i gotta say i'm waiting i'm waiting because listen i'm trina okay and trina is i babe repeat yourself but see repeat it 
give it to me, please, please, please give me the opportunity. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. But teachers on, teachers on, teachers on, teachers on. All right. Next. So, Dion Waiters is suspended for ten games under the Miami Heat. So, the last confirmation of information stated that Dion got edibles from one of his teammates and he quote unquote overdosed off of these edibles and um, was rushed to the hospital where everything ended up being smooth. So the Miami Heat was trying to investigate and ask him questions, you know, as far as like who gave you the edible, edible, you know, when did you take it and stuff like that. And he would not snitch. He would not snitch. Dion would not snitch. So, as a repercussion, Miami Heat suspended him for 10 games without pay. And, you know, they released a statement stating that they were very dis- they were very disappointed in him and, you know, his actions. But they're glad that the situation had a better um, outcome or whatever the case is. But I commend Dion, baby. I took the medibles, me. Nobody twisted my arm. Nobody told me to. I took them, so I'm not throwing nobody under the bus to save my ass. Let me let me get my ten days, my ten games suspension, please. You don't want to pay me fine, cause I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure Dion is okay. I'm pretty sure he's okay because ultimately speaking, you know, we're all adults, so it's like I feel like at the end of the day, you're grown. You know what could have came from it. You probably got too excited that you were probably. You probably downed it, knowing that he probably only told you to take one or two. So, Dion is taking his L for what it is as a man. You know, I'm not going to throw nobody else under the bus because I decided to drive the bus. You feel me? So, I'll see you soon, Dion. So, okay. So, now, speaking about edibles... There was this video of a couple that I seen on my Facebook this past weekend, okay? So this couple went viral because they have a picture of them with their his and her bongs. And um, instead of them having their normal um, uh, I do's, um, their vows, they toasted their wedding vows by having a first toke as husband and wife, using matching Mr. and Mrs. Bombs. Okay, the couple name is Coral Reefer and her husband Mio. Um, They love smoking weed or whatever the case is, and so when it came down to how they wanted to be special with their wedding day, they decided to infuse their love for weed and their love for each other and made a bang out of it, okay? Um, The photographer... She posted it up and have nothing but great reviews. People are loving the photos. Granted, the photos are very nice. I'm not even going to knock it down to you. That photographer did her damn thing. My problem is, okay, for Coral Reefer and Mio to be able to just upload their pictures of them taking bonds after their wedding without any issues while they're still black and brown people serving life sentences for petty ass crimes when it comes to weed. I don't understand. Make it make sense to me. How is it that there's still people in jail for petty weed crimes, petty offenses, living their worst life in prison while people are living their best life doing the same thing? 
You have weed stores, you have hookah weed spots, you have photographers taking weed pictures, you have weed dispensary, but you still have people in jail for this. Mostly brown and black people in jail for this. But people can sit around here and take wedding photos with his or her bombs and everybody just seems to pat their back and just give all the glo- What? I don't understand. There's there's definitely a big double standard when it comes to marijuana and the rights behind marijuana and, you know, the legislations behind marijuana and how they choose to go about it. Because there shouldn't be nobody in jail right now when it comes to weed. Like, nobody. Unless you was a kingpin or something of that sort, you should not be in jail. And even if you was a kingpin, you know, hustler by any means necessary. But... You know, there shouldn't be anybody in jail for any weed crimes now that you have people that are literally making profit, making millions and millions and millions of money off of weed while there's people rotting in jail over the same thing. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Coral Reefer and Mio, congratulations on on y'all union, but fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Free all my peoples until my peoples are free. Fuck ya. Fuck ya. <laughs> like, damn. That don't make no sense to me. Y'all should not be viral for this. Y'all should not even be able to do this freely and not get repercussion. And there's still people in jail for this. I'm not giving y'all no props, Coral Reefer. No. I'm not giving you no. No props at all. But to each his own. Maybe one day we'll get to a place where it won't be an issue or whatever the case is. But until then, I know it is. So we just going to have to take it for what it is. Yep, that's it. So for the last recap of this weekend, Tea Time with Queen S. I saved this one last because this one, this one is definitely, this one is definitely hitting a nerve. This one's definitely not okay whatsoever but you know we do have to talk about it so the missing Clark Atlanta University college student Alexis Crawford body her body was found in a park um and her cause of death was suffocation and her roommate and her roommate's boyfriend are now charged with murder and um they are held without bond um, the roommate's boyfriend declined any court appearances, but the roommate, she is supposed to see a court. She's supposed to be in court sometime this week for the death. So long story short, um, Alexis Crawford went to the police and told them about um, her roommate's boyfriend sexually assaulting her and um, kissing her inappropriately and all the other stuff. So she spoke up for herself and because she spoke up for herself, she lost her life. And when it comes down to it, I seen a lot of people, you know, posting, you know, there's like a picture with all her and like, I guess their other group of friends. And, you know, they tried to make it seem like, you know, be careful of who you surround yourself with, or be careful of who you consider a friend. And, you know, truth be told, that is easier said than done because, you know, this, I don't think this has anything to do with you know, be careful who you call friends. I think it more so 
has to do with be careful with who you surround yourself with as far as your energy goes. You know, like-minded people surround themselves around like-minded people. And I believe that, you know, when it comes down to it, a lot of people don't want to be honest with what is true. And what is true is that there's a lot of people who are damaged and there's a lot of people who are broken. And all it takes is one more time for you to be damaged, for you to be broken, to set you off. So with the roommate, you know, you killed someone over your boyfriend liking your roommate instead of you. And that's an internal thing. That is a personal problem. That is a personal issue that became a permanent problem, that became a permanent issue. Like I told y'all last week with the whole Popeye situation, you know, you have to be in control of your energy. You have to be in control of your emotions. You have to be one with your emotions. You have to know what triggers you, what don't trigger you, and how to remove those triggers. You know, there's a lot of broken women and there's a lot of broken men out here, but broken women are are 10 times worse than broken men in certain scenarios. Because if you're a woman and you are insecure within, you're insecure within yourself, you don't see yourself as being liked. You don't see yourself as being beautiful. You don't see yourself as being worthy of love. You don't see yourself as nothing, you know, and then you have a man who is giving you all that you want and then some. And so now your emotions are no longer yours. Now your emotions are tied and connected to his emotions. So you eat, breathe, sleep him. You wake up to him. You go to sleep with him. You make sure that your time is now his time. It's now your all time. And you're now in this bubble of feeling like, okay, now I'm worthy. Now I'm amazing. Now I'm, I'm perfect because now I have him. And then you're in this bubble and then all of a sudden someone comes in and pops your bubble and tells you, you thought you were worthy. You thought that you were it. You thought that you were everything. You thought that you were this. You thought that you were that. So now your high is no longer there. And instead of you figuring out why my high was associated with this man in the first place, instead of associating it with me, you start to question like, damn, it's her fault that this is not mine anymore. It's her fault that this is not my perfect la-la land anymore. It's her fault that I don't feel worthy. It's her fault, her fault, her fault. And the rest is kind of history, you know. Um, um, he, he is the devil in the flesh. You know, he's going to get his because I'm pretty sure he's definitely manipulated. I'm pretty sure he has that toxic masculinity where it's like, you know, I'm going to make you feel bad. I'm going to make you feel like you're not doing what you're supposed to. So that, that way, when you do do something, you can hold yourself accounted for. You could hold the guilt to yourself instead of holding it to me. You know, only God knows what went down. Only God knows how it went down. Only God knows why it went down. But ultimately speaking, like, that's why it's so important. That's why it's so, so important to know who you are as a woman, to know who you are as a man, so that when you do get into relationships and situationships and things come across and things happen, they do not they do not 
hurt you to the point that you lose yourself, to the point that you question yourself, to the point that you question everything that you've known, to the point that you allow your temporary emotions get the best of you, longevity, your get get the best of you, like get blah, 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 blah. get the best of you, and longevity wise, you know. You have to pick and choose your baggage. You have to pick and choose where you put your energy at, you know, because I can easily say if I have a roommate and all of a sudden, you know, she tells me that my boyfriend sexually assaulted her and he made her uncomfortable, bitch, we jump at him together, you know, because ultimately my respect for you is ultimately my respect for myself. I wouldn't want to be in that position. You know, I, I was already, I've already, you know, been there as far as you know being sexually assaulted and stuff like that but I wouldn't want for me to go and ask for help and for me to go and ask for assistance and then get killed over it you know but it goes back to being broken it goes back to knowing who you are because if someone is coming outside your bubble and they're ruining your bubble then you are no longer sane because you're no longer being held you're no longer responsible for your own emotions because then you're so upset. You're so mad that your La La Land is no longer here, that that's all that you're going to be focused on, you know? So my heart breaks for her and her family. You know, I hope it wasn't a painful death for her. And I pray for all the parties involved. You know, it has nothing to do with friendship. It has nothing to do with, with, you know, that part of the situation, it has more so with making sure that the people that you surround yourself with are like-minded as you, that they're sane like you, or at least pray that they're sane like you, you know? That's why I don't throw the word friend around so often because that's a privilege. That is a privilege for you to be called a friend, you know? But not everybody look at it like that. So I pray for everybody involved because it's definitely a fucked up situation. And this outcome should not have happened. And it's so close to home as well. And, you know, her brother just started his freshman year in college. So he's not handling it well either. So I just pray for everyone involved. And, you know... If you don't leave with anything, leave with the fact that you are responsible for your emotions. You are responsible for fixing yourself. You are responsible for fixing all the things that your parents could not fix. And all the things that you thought you couldn't fix to find solutions to fix them. So that you won't have to run through life feeling like you're not good enough or feeling like you're not worthy for anything. You know? So... Yeah, I was trying to save that one last because I know that one, it it just really bothers my soul. So we're just going to close it out with that one. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I will see you dirty, filthy whore bags later. And thank you for staying tuned with Queen's Table. Hugs and kisses. I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will speak to you later. Hugs and kisses to my dirty, filthy whore bags. Mwah.